0: Good afternoon, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Rob Manus Show. Another tragic story. Uh, Biden's oppressive policies left these military officers with no pay, no job, and no health care. In early 2021, 11 Reserve Officer Training Corps, that's ROTC, cadets were commissioned as officers in the United States Air Force and had prepared to fulfill their call to serve our great nation. Yet instead of welcoming them, this administration repaid them by severely hindering their careers and the ability to provide for their families. These highly qualified officers were trapped for two years in an unmoving bureaucracy due to the unethical enforcement of COVID-19 vaccine mandates for military personnel. Each of the 11 officers filed for religious exemptions, but they were denied that right. They have just now been placed on active duty, but are still fighting with the Biden administration to reclaim the last years of their lives. Chief Eddie Gallagher's Pipe Hitter Foundation is supporting these officers. One of them, Second Lieutenant Addie Hewlett, is my guest this week to give us an update on her and her 10 colleagues' situation. Addie, welcome to the Rob Manus Show, and thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Rob.
0: I appreciate your your time, and uh, you know I just try to get these stories out to the American people because uh, there's so much propaganda and narrative uh, pushing uh, from the side that has all the megaphones. Uh, we got to use our little ones where we can to to get the word out there. Can you, you know, most folks probably don't even know what ROTC is, but but how did this how did how did this situation with you all unfold? Can you can you walk folks through it? Uh, as to what happened uh, and when and why it took two years to get you back uh, on duty?
1: Absolutely. So ROTC is the Reserve Officer Training Corps, and it's a program that anyone can take part of. Uh, You do it while you're doing university, so it lasts four years, and during that time, you'll take part in some Air Force training exercises, uh, various stuff like that to help prepare yourself for your career. And it's one path that people can take to become an officer. So myself and my other colleagues took that path. We were at universities across the United States, myself, Embry Riddle and Daytona Beach, Florida. And so after our four years, we commissioned per usual in May of 2021. So that is before the mandate came out. Normally, as it was the case for us, Officers will enter into the inactive reserves while they await their active duty unit. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. We entered into the inactive reserves, the IRR, while we awaited our active duty assignments. During this time, however, the mandate came out. So in August of 2021, the mandate was released and soldiers were ordered to receive the vaccine. However, we fell into a tricky spot there because we were in the inactive reserve. So we were no longer attached to our ROTC detachments. However, we had not yet reported to our active duty units. So the Air Force saw this as being an issue for paperwork, for admin, and that we really had no chain of command to file anything through um, or to seek exemptions. Or even to be ordered we were actually never ordered to receive the vaccine we were only told if we wanted to go active duty we had to be vaccinated
0: wow so you they never they never gave you an order to get vaccinated.
1: correct we were never once among any of us ordered to receive the vaccine we were only told if we wanted to go active duty we had to get vaccinated or get an exemption request approved But we weren't allowed to do that either, or we were told we couldn't do that because we had no chain of command to file that through. So we were told in order to meet medical requirements, we had to be vaccinated. However, when we commissioned and we entered into the inactive reserve, all of those requirements are already settled. So when we commissioned, we had already had an updated medical examination. All of that was done and we should have entered right into active duty. From there, they could have redone a medical examination, said, hey, you're not qualified, you don't have this vaccine, and then we could have begun the process to file for an exemption. However, they didn't let us do that. They told us, nope, sorry, if you want to go active duty, you need to get vaccinated. On top of that, they were not paying for our medical bills. So we were not medically covered. We were not being paid any wages. We were in the inactive reserve. So essentially, you're separated from the military during that time period while you await active duty. So we were essentially civilians in a civilian status, but still attached to the military. So they didn't order us. They weren't paying for our medical bills. They weren't paying us any wages, but they were telling us if we wanted to go active duty, we had to be vaccinated. And because of that, we were unable to go active duty for almost two years.
0: So did they give you a place to go to get vaccinated or they just left you out on your own and said, you have to do this or you're just going to stay in limbo?
1: Correct. Yep. They just kind of hung us out to dry. So they told us, you know, you can go to your Walgreens, you can go to your CVS. And when we asked, okay, well, is there any option to go on base? Can we do any of that? Nope. You're on your own. Kind of find it wherever you can. So then from there, we started asking questions. Well, is it even lawful for them to force us to receive this vaccine at the moment? Then those questions were presented and they came up. And from my background, my father was um, a a colonel in the Marine Corps, and he was one of those who received the anthrax vaccine and suffered severe adverse reactions from it, strokes and mm-hmm. seizures for years. And so from that, I, I knew the laws that protected us, Title 10, Section 1107 Alpha, which talks about the fact that service members cannot be used as essentially trial experiments or used to experiment vaccines or other right. products such as masks and tests, because we learned from the anthrax vaccine and what that can do to people and how the government might choose to use service members for experiments on drugs and various products. So when we, when we discussed this and we said, hey, look, this vaccine that's on the market and still to date, there is no FDA approved vaccine. The vaccines right. available on the market were not FDA approved. There was a vaccination that received FDA approval, but it was never produced. So that's where a lot of this um, this this kind of confusion came from is people were saying, oh, you need to get the Pfizer vaccine. But what they failed to realize is that Pfizer produced both BioNTech, which is not FDA approved, and Corminarty, which was never produced. So people would say, oh, you need to go get the Pfizer vaccine. Well, there's two different ones. One's FDA approved and not produced, and the other one is under EUA, and it's available, but it is not an FDA approved vaccination. And like Title X says, it has to be an FDA approved Uh, Product.
0: And the original Secretary of Defense's order uh, stated uh, that only FDA approved vaccines uh, would be mandated.
1: Correct. That is correct. In his order, it very clearly states only FDA approved vaccines will be mandated to service members. And unfortunately, I believe this allowed to exist mainly because of service members not being educated on the laws that protected them and really what fell under this. And so it was just a continuous cycle of, well, this is what we're going to do. And that's the answers that we got as well, because we spoke with many JAGs. We spoke with many ADCs. We filed multiple IG complaints, congressional complaints. And everyone seemed to skim past the fact that there was no FDA approved vaccination. And that's the biggest thing in it of it all. I eventually stopped requesting a religious accommodation and I said, you know what, I'm not doing this because there is no FDA approved vaccine. So why am I even requesting an exemption to something you don't have? If you can't show me this FDA approved vaccination, there's no reason for us to be at this point. And unfortunately that also didn't get me anywhere. It didn't get any of us anywhere.
0: Really, at what what level uh, were you guys talking this at the at the lieutenant captain level, uh, squadron commander?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so I was speaking with my detachment commander, who I commissioned from. Um, mm-hmm. Him and I were in discussions, even though he wasn't my uh, gaining or he hadn't. I was no longer attached to him, uh, mainly because I didn't have contacts at my gaining unit to, to have any discussions like that. But we were going all the way up to AETC command. Um, we were speaking the AFPC command, so. Uh, We had a lot of big eyes on us in general, and we spoke to a lot of um, higher ups and everybody basically told us we were SOL. Sorry, nothing we can do to help you. You got to get vaccinated. And we couldn't get any answers. I mean, no one would tell us exactly why. Every single time I would present the question, this is not an FDA approved vaccine. Why are you using this against me unlawfully and holding me from active duty? Because I'm, re- I'm using my right to informed consent, which out, which is outlined in Title Ten. You can use your right to informed consent to refuse a drug or product that is not FDA approved, and they couldn't give me any answer on that either.
0: Wow, you know, uh, this is probably a good time for me to remind everybody that uh, since uh, both. Uh Lieutenant Hewlett and I are Air Force officers. I'm retired. Neither one of us, what we say ha- represents anything that uh, the, the DOD says or the Department of Air Force uh, says. Uh, we're speaking in our own rights here uh, as private citizens, uh, uh, explaining a circumstance. And the other thing I want to let folks know is we have a new uh, uh, new tech uh, on the show today. We've got a QR code. It's uh, in the top left of your screen. That QR code links directly to the pipe or foundation's page that's raising donations for these 11 officers to support them. Uh, So so, uh, you were denied the right to file a religious exemption. Do I understand that correctly,
1: Eddie? That is correct. Yep, that is correct. So I was contacted by my commissioning detachment in November. Mm -hmm. So the mandate came out in August, and I was not contacted until November um, in regards to my vaccination status. And when I informed them, hey, I'm not vaccinated, they said, OK, well, you need to get vaccinated. You're not going active duty. So at that point, uh, I said, yeah, OK, well, I would like to file for a religious exemption. And a little bit of go around, they were trying to grab, grab, some, grab some information. And they came back to me and said, hey, actually, you can't file one because we're not your chain of command. And we don't have any resources for you to do that. So unfortunately, there's nothing we can do at this point. Your best option is to file an ac- a congressional inquiry. And so from there, I had to begin filing congressional inquiries and IG complaints and trying to get eyes on this and why we weren't even being allowed that process to file for a religious accommodation.
0: Well, when you're, when you're in waiting, look, I, I, I was on delayed enlistment when I, I started out as an enlistment person. Uh, and, uh, I was in the, the IRR, uh, as a enlisted person, somebody has to have chain of command responsibilities over those personnel because they're part of the system, whether they're not getting paid or anything, but they are part of the system. Uh, I, I'm puzzled why the AETC and ROTC leadership didn't grab this by the, you know, bull by the horns and and take care of this business?
1: Yeah, so actually in my commissioning contract, it very clearly states there's paperwork in there that releases me from my AFRAC detachment and places me under AFPC, very clearly states that until my gaining unit takes control of me. So I had in writing exactly who I fell under and who should have been processing me, But they just chose not to acknowledge that and said, okay, well, we're not, we're going to do our own thing. Um, And in that contract as well, it also states that they have to put me on active duty within 365 days of my commissioning date, which they surpassed by almost eight months. So they did not meet that limit. And despite me filing multiple IG complaints, multiple requests, I'm speaking to Jags, they kind of just told me, well, uh, the Air Force can really do what they want to do with you when you're not meeting medical requirements. And when I pose that question, hey, I'm in the IRR, you can't actually legally force me to change my medical status while I'm sitting in the IRR. I didn't get much back so there were a lot of questions back and forth uh, and a lot of information presented th- to them but unfortunately no one really took the bull by the horns like you said no one really wanted to take action on us
0: that's interesting because uh, just to just to to uh, uh to lay it out uh the timeline out uh, you you all were commissioned uh, once you're offered the commission uh and you take the oath uh the commissioning oath uh, that says the fact that you were offered it and you accepted it, that you were medically qualified to be an officer in the United States mm-hmm. Armed Forces, whether it's Air Force or whatever service, uh, according to what I know, uh, and uh, and then you were placed in the uh, the IRR uh, and uh, Air Force Personnel Center. That's AFPC. Addy mentioned it earlier, folks. Uh, they are your chain of command until you're assigned to your gaining uh, unit, whatever that may be, whether it's a training squadron or, 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 a permanent base, correct?
1: That is correct. Yep.
0: And you were denied the ability to, uh, file a religious exemption because you were never given an order. Number one, even though, uh, uh and you were denied the ability to come on active duty, even though you were medically fit and commissioned. Uh, and that's the proof that you were.
1: Yep. That is correct. And they are very meticulous about you getting that that merb complete before you commission and before you graduate. They really, really yeah. harass you about that. You have got to be top yeah. tier to enter into active duty service from ROTC. So we had that complete. We had all of our boxes checked. And not only just that, but there are several other vaccinations that are required to be active mm-hmm. duty that they did not force us to get beforehand. So I did not have to receive a flu shot. They never asked me about that. They never asked me about any of the other dozens of vaccines that they do require when you're on active duty. All mm-hmm. they were focused on was the COVID vaccination. And like said, despite us saying, "Hey, you can't order us or force us," and we were never ordered, um, what what's going on here? Like we need some sort of exemption. Uh, no, they didn't. They really did not did not mind. And in fact, I actually heard back from my IG complaints that I did file about a month ago and they were all resolved. So they really essentially were closed.
0: They, they just closed them without any finding?
1: Correct. They closed them. Yep.
0: Uh, the inspector general's office is not very, not very good if uh, if they don't do an investigation and they just close them with no finding uh, yep. whatsoever.
1: Yep. And in that actually, uh, like I said, I began filing IG complaints back in november of 2021 and so it's 2023 and i received answers or a response from the ig's office last month i believe it was so mm-hmm. 2021 that i filed them january of 2023 that's how long it took for them to even give me an answer on any of the ig complaints that i filed
0: wow that i was wondering why the comment uh, on on the pipe hitter foundation's webpage, and i used it in my in my intro uh, part of what they wrote uh, the the unethical process uh and the unethical behavior this whole process for you all has been really unethical uh, policies have been knowingly violated by people that are in a position to know better uh and they're not being held accountable for it the people that are being held accountable are uh, the officers that are in limbo in the irr uh, but there's really no way you can be held accountable. You weren't even given an order. It's exactly. unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I'm, I'm embarrassed for the Air Force that I spent 32 and a half years in. It's embarrassing. I've never seen anything like this. Now, uh, now you guys have, have since come on active duty, correct? Correct.
1: That is yeah. correct. Yep. So thankfully, um, we were all activated back in October, and then we actually ended up going active duty in November. Uh, okay. We don't really know what sparked that. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. We had been continuously fighting. I know there were some cases going through the courts, and we believe that was part of the push to get us on active duty. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were randomly activated and uh, I was given myself, I believe is under 20 days of notice to move and report to my active duty um, location. So we were thankful that we were finally able to go on active duty and I've, I've been having a great time thus far, I'm loving my job and what I do. Uh, but it's just an unfortunate circumstance on how long it took us to get there. and like we discussed, you know, I should have promoted last year to first lieutenant, and I'm not eligible until 2024 based on how long I was kept in the IRR. And that time also does not count towards my active duty service commitment.
0: That's right. It doesn't. Uh, And quite frankly, you know, your commissioning year uh, uh, is going to be offset. So you're offset. Aren't you offset from your, and you're dragging behind your commissioning year peer group?
1: I am. Unfortunately, I am. And I still am ineligible to to go to certain deployments and do certain things. My commander actually has full discretion on uh, withholding me from certain events if he wants to, based on the fact that I'm not uh, vaccinated against the COVID-19 vaccine. Thankfully, he's not been like that at all. Um, But that is an option for some some of my other uh, cohorts are experiencing situations like that, where they are ineligible to do certain um, trainings and events because they're not vaccinated
0: yeah, I think the reason you, they probably let you guys come on active go ahead and come on active duty now is the National Defense Authorization Act that Congress passed required the mandate to be lifted. Uh, and uh, there's been a lot going on with that. But you're absolutely right, Addie. Uh, it's at the commander's discretion when you're considering deployments or assignments, uh, whether uh, that commander is going to say, no, nope, you got to be vaccinated. Uh, with this particular vaccine. And are, are you guys involved in any of the court cases at all? Is the uh, Pipehitter Foundation uh, supporting you legally?
1: We are, yes. The Pipehitter Foundation is helping our funding for that. There are several court cases going on that we're taking part in and other efforts that we're taking part in to raise awareness because another huge part of this is that NDAA has no verbiage in it that prevents the DOD from bringing that mandate back. So at any time they can bring that mandate back. And like I said, the big thing here that we've tried to Harper with and I try and speak with my coworkers about this because I found that several of them truly did not understand and did not know what was going on. The big thing here is that it was non FDA approved vaccination, and that could not be forced or mandated on service members. And that plays into their health and well being as well, because several service members have suffered severe adverse reactions, and they're being pushed out of the military. Because unfortunately, the military is not really responsible when it's an emergency use product, you waived your right to informed consent, you said, Okay, I accept the risk. I know this is a trial vaccination, I'll take that risk. And you got the vaccine. And so now no one's really being held liable for any injuries you might suffer.
0: Yeah, it's... uh, I mean, this is the strangest thing. And I was in during the anthrax vaccinations. I had to take them. uh, Plus other things like massive doses of Cipro and other things like that. uh, For various reasons that we just were told we had to do it. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, and, And it just... It blows me away that, uh, you know, even though the Secretary of Defense's order uh, technically is legal because it says only FDA-approved vaccines uh, will be mandated to military members. Watch the rest of this interview on Red Voice Media Premium using the link below. Completely uncensored and ad-free. Not a member yet? Try it for $1.